0: Welcome to the Inkspire Podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards.
1: Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire Podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business technology, culture, and process. In each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insight into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. In this episode, we're going to be exploring what print businesses can do to encourage more young people into the industry, which we know is a challenge that lots of businesses are facing at the minute. And also get some first-hand experiences from our guests about their experiences working and coming into the industry at a young age. So, in fact, three of our guests are also recent winners of the Rising Star Awards run by the Printing Charity, which we'll find out a little bit more about later. So, first of all, I'd like to welcome and introduce uh, Taylor Regan, the, who's the Interim Hybrid Team Leader at Paragon Customer Communications. Elsie Hargate, uh, who's a Sustainability Manager at the Blue Tree Group. And Victoria Blackwell, who's marketing manager at Page Brothers. So first of all, welcome and congratulations to you all for winning the awards. Thanks for joining us. And then our final guest is Nicola Peacock from The Printing Charity. Uh, You might remember Nicola who joined us on a past episode we recorded, which was a really popular one where we talked about mental health and well-being in the workplace. Nicola is joining us because we're going to be chatting a little bit more about the Rising Star Awards, episode, aren't we uh, Nicola?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me again Ross.
1: No worries. And I thought it's also a great opportunity to also remind people about some of the great work and support and resources available from the printing charity for for the printing industry. So perhaps we could start first of all Nicola, you could perhaps tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do at the printing charity and, and about the printing charity itself.
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ross. So um, I'm a senior relationship manager at the printing charity and we are an expanding team. So there are four of us now and our roles at the charity are to support companies within the industry. So it's not just about printing. We also support packaging, publishing, large formats. We support ink manufacturers, consumable manufacturers, machine manufacturers. So if you think about the whole supply chain, of the print industry, we support all those businesses. So as relationship managers, what we do, we contact um, businesses to really help them with wellbeing tools and also to promote the next generation, such as the Rising Star Awards, which we're talking about today. So Mm -hmm. um, I've been here for three years. Um, I am longstanding within the industry. My dad was a printer, he had a print company, I then went on to work for HP. So I've been in the the print industry for 25 years now, which shows my age to the audience. (laughs) Um, So the printing charity is nearly 200 years old. Um, We were set up in the Victorian era to support the, the families of printers and to get children into education. Our core values are still very much around welfare, and and support and education. For those Mm -hmm. who don't know much about us, we do have two residential homes in Bletchley and Basildon. So these are for people who have been in the industry. Um, We also have a lovely welfare team in our head office that support people who may be faced with financial problems, facing redundancies or just financial struggles with life. Um, They can contact our welfare team We also have the helpline, which I talked about in the last podcast. So this is for all businesses within the industry. It's free of charge and confidential. And for anybody wanting to know about that, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. And the Rising Star Awards, this is where we are um, nurturing the age group between 18 and 30 within the industry.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of all about the recognition of people, that age group in the industry and what they're achieving, I guess.
2: Yeah. And, and we do follow their career paths as well. So when people do apply and receive a Rising Star Award, mm. um, we then uh, stay in contact with them. They become part of a bigger group, a bigger network, and they can then, you know, each support each other on their journey through their yeah. career in print. Sounds
1: good. Sounds really good. So let's move on to, to talk to some of the of the winners of the awards then, and, and find out a little bit about them. Perhaps each of you could, you know, introduce yourself as to what your current role is and how you were introduced to the industry. You know, what attracted you to the industry? and What do you like about working in the industry? So perhaps we could start, uh, uh, Taylor, with, with yourself, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Thanks, Ross. So, yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Taylor Regan. And my current role, I'm the Interim Hybrid Team Leader here at Paragon Customer Communications, And we work on the Kellogg's account, rolling out all of their POS uh, for kind of central and Mm -hmm. local initiatives. And we also manage all of the innovations within the Kellogg's team. So bringing new um, POS units to market that answer very specific um, requests. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. But I joined the industry about, I think, maybe about seven years ago now. Um right. I it was all a little bit of fate, really. I kind of stumbled upon an apprenticeship when I was fresh out of college, desperate to kind of get into work and and start my career. And was looking at anything and everything that I could get my hands on. Yeah. And then came across an apprenticeship at a retail activation agency. So they very much specialised in the bespoke um, production and installation for lots of different footwear brands. Um, joined them and kind of just tried to be a sponge and absorb lots of information. And that then progressed to moving my way through different companies, always very much staying close to print and just growing this kind of love and affiliation with with all things print. I think it will, you know, always have a place in in society. We'll will yeah. always need print. It's got that many uses. So
1: yeah.
0: yeah, I've had a really, really fun career so far. And then now at the stage where we're kind of starting looking at the rising star awards and hopefully progressing my career even further with the amazing courses that I've been able to join off the back of mm. winning the award
1: okay so thank you for that Victoria perhaps we could move on to you so you know just tell us again a little bit about who you are your role how you got introduced to the industry and what attracted you and, and, and what you like about working in the industry
3: Thank you Ross. Um, Yeah, my name is Victoria Blackwell and I'm a marketing, just started a role actually as a marketing executive at Page Brothers. So Page Brothers are a printing company in Norwich that have been established for 275 years um, offering offering anything from integrated design through to print and fulfillment and related services. So this is a new role for me. Um, My background is in digital printing, pre-press and graphic design. So Mm -hmm. I kind of entered the industry, much like Taylor, straight from school, college age, just trying to find something sort of to do that would be the best thing for sort of my interest in creative media and design. Um, So I kind of stumbled across a job as a content creator at a company um, called Advantage Media. And it was actually a really strange coincidence, because when I turned up to the interview, I actually found out that it was um an umbrella company underneath a company called Blackwell Print, which was founded by my grandfather in the 50s. Oh wow. <laughs> so um. really strange for instance, no no pressure going into that interview. <laughs> um, I ended up working there for seven years in total, starting off as um, sort of digital print, content creation, graphic design, moving through to pre-press. Being in a small business, you kind of had to know and learn everything very quickly and became yeah. responsible for a lot of different things. So it was a really, really, really good way to start off my career and sort of gain lots and lots of knowledge um, as well. Yeah. Um, So I joined Page Brothers in 2018 um, as a pre-press technician, but also became responsible for their social media and their sort of internal graphic design.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, So from there, that kind of side of it kind of just built um, to where I am now as a finally (laughs) full-time marketing executive.
1: Wow fantastic what a a, a great story of experience and when you did you realize that your grandfather came from you know the print industry as well or was it when you got to Blackwell that 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 you kind of realized that?
3: Yeah so my mum took me this is her dad Mm. I never met him so Mm. I I didn't really really know anything about this to be honest it Mm. was we sort of pulled up and my mum was in great shock really and then told me the story um and it was just it was just really lovely work in there yeah my foot in the door somewhere where my grandfather's foot was in the door yeah and people that had worked there for many many years remembered him and had stories to tell me about him
1: yeah, but that was great, and and it's kind of like a uh, it's that that touching part into that your granddad's legacy effectively yeah. has has got you into into the, the industry, but also got you to the way where you want to be. So so that's great, that's fantastic to hear. Okay, so thank you for that, and and then Elsie, perhaps you could tell us again a bit about yourself and your your current role, how you got into introduced to the industry, and and what attracted you to it, and.
4: Yeah, hi Ross and thanks for having me today. So yeah, I'm Elsie and I'm the Sustainability Manager at the Blue Tree Group. So I'm relatively new into the world. Well, I keep saying that, um, but I've been in post since March now, so I suppose I can't play the new card anymore. Can I um, Just
1: about on the borderline, I think. You might like, yeah. get away a
4: little bit longer. <laughs> I'll say that I'm still new for now. But I'm a sustainability professional by trade. Um, I studied environmental geography at the University of York graduated and worked on some voluntary campaigns in the Yorkshire region and then worked on sustainability in the higher education sector at the University of Huddersfield so print to me is something that sort of I've learned as part of my role. I suppose I moved into print mainly because in my previous role um, at the University of Huddersfield I absolutely loved the work which is why yeah. I in sustainability um, but I was looking for sort of a challenge where I had a wider remit So I wanted to be able to influence a larger variety of external stakeholders really and moving into some form of manufacturing was the perfect audience for that as I was able to begin engaging with customers, um, clients and then with our suppliers and the value chain as well. So it was loads of interest to me and I sort of saw the role pop up at the Blue Tree Group and I'm from quite a creative family um, who all use print Mm-hmm. And I was quite aware of sort of how important it is, I suppose. So my sister runs a small scale business where she she designs and prints postcards and things like that. Yeah. And then my one of my cousins has a magazine that she publishes with one of her friends. So I suppose I've been exposed to the industry, but from a very different side to everybody else on the podcast today, in that I sort of see the end product of it and was fascinated by it. Um, yeah. So I saw the role and I was like, there's no way I can't apply for that. Um, and I applied and headed in for the interview and, yeah, I got the role. So, And it's been a really great experience so far. I found the industry really welcoming. Mm. And the people that are sort of a blue tree on the factory floor, it's just fascinating the amount of knowledge that everyone has. And everyone's so willing to share that with me. I think I've learned more in the last sort of five, six months than, than I did in many years before that yeah. I suppose you have to throw yourself into it and get to know everything so that especially in my world where I'm central so that I can understand what's going on and then make a difference and help yeah. direct the business I suppose.
1: Yeah absolutely it sounds exciting it's, um, and there's a couple of things that, I mean you know sustainability manager that, that sounds like quite a, a new role that's kind of emerging in in this industry and maybe other industries as well but and from my experience of speaking to other businesses whilst they might be have somebody who will ensure that they comply with fsc and pfc and things i've not come across many places where they have a dedicated role to that so that sounds quite a new territory really and it's heartwarming to know that new roles are emerging
4: okay yeah, it's definitely it's definitely sort of a new thing i definitely put all my eggs in one basket like i said i studied sustainability themes at university I was committed to the cause I suppose and it paid off and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I suppose Mm for my career it's good for the world not so good but with now you say there being so many sort of roles suddenly appearing it's very much moving away from environmental compliance or environmental health and safety roles which Mm -hmm. is the sort of thing I was looking at when I first left university to this Area of sustainability where we're no longer just looking at our environmental compliance um, and our impact with regards to carbon, but we're now looking at social sustainability and how our actions as businesses influence our customers, how they influence our workforce, and also how they influence downstream. You know, we've got a lot of purchasing power, and what we do with our money impacts people. And we're now suddenly aware of that, both in the print industry and wider than that. And that's why roles such as sustainability managers and things like that are popping up everywhere because all these businesses are realizing that there's a lot more to do than just achieving net zero and yeah. really dedicated people to lead on it
1: yeah definitely i know we've done some episodes on the kind of carbon footprinting and things like that and we've talked a lot there about that it, it's a tall order what industries need to achieve you know not just the individuals it's the industries that need to drive this so great great to hear great to hear and what I'm hearing from all three of you is that you, you've all kind of got yourselves into roles that you clearly have. You know, it, it, your background is your passion, and that's got you. It, it's something that you enjoy, and and you, you're all sounds like you're all in, in roles doing things that you enjoy. Would Would you agree with that statement?
3: Absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. Which is great. That is absolutely fantastic. So. Part of the things we wanted to talk about that um, lots of businesses will be interested to know about is, you know, how do we attract younger people into the industry? And so, and and perhaps Nicola, we can start with you as to, to what your thoughts are there in working with the rising star awards. You know, what's your thoughts on what can printers do to attract people into the industry, do you think?
2: I think there's um, a mixture. And when we go out as relationship managers to talk to companies, We do, especially, um, you know, post-COVID, we we are getting feedback that it's quite hard to get apprentices Mm. um, and depending on the area as well of, you know, where companies are situated, whether there is a local college or university. So what we're trying to do with the charity, with the Rising Star Awards, is give people the opportunity to get grants up to £1,500 And it's a yearly award system, which is generally launched at the start of the year, February, March time. It's for people between 18 and 30 um, in the industry. We we do suggest that if somebody has just joined the industry, it might not be the right thing for them to do. We do Mm -hmm. say that people really do need to have spent some time within a company to understand their role, what the industry is about, if they're going to stay in the industry, because the whole point of the Rising Star Awards is to support people to try and keep them in the industry. Yeah. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help them on their journey. So the system that we have, it did change over COVID. Um, Mm. We went from having face-to-face judging to online teams, which has worked very well. And I think it's something that we will continue So it's quite simple. The candidate applies online. They answer a few questions around how the Rising Star Awards would support them if they won, what they want to use the grant for. And what we find is the more somebody is articulate in terms of explaining how that grant will help them with their learning journey, then it's better for them, it's better for us, and they've got more chance of getting through to the interview stage as opposed to a one-liner. And it's also very important for the candidate to have buy-in from their direct line manager or in smaller businesses from you know MD or HR. Because if somebody was to win a grant for a training course which is on a Tuesday afternoon, then obviously they need that time commitment from that the company that the company will support them to have that time off. Yeah, what we find going back to a personal development is that the rising star awards can be part of the hr process in terms of having development conversations throughout the mm-hmm. year so the companies and candidates that have been very successful this year in 22 were the ones that really factored the, the discussion within a personal development chat so it's really important that the candidate has buy-in and that their line manager understands what they're trying to achieve. It's worth mentioning that the Rising Star Awards isn't here to replace the employer's training funds. As an example, we wouldn't fund an apprenticeship course, but we would fund other training courses like soft skills or other qualifications. The Rising Star Award is for the applicant's personal development.
1: Okay, so... It sounds like the rising star awards is yes, it's about recognition, but it, it's it's about helping businesses to provide the space and the development path for people to progress themselves. So I guess in turn, that's kind of like the the what the printing charities has recognized as a way to attract people into the industry to give them that people the opportunity to to develop and progress their career and their role yeah, and right. have the have the support.
2: Yeah. And the, and for the companies who really do embrace this and understand the benefit of it, do mm. use it within, you know, when they're interviewing for people coming into the business, they can say, and when you're ready, you can apply to the Rising Star Awards, you know, next year or in two years time. So they use yeah. it as part of a pull into the industry as well.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, so thank you for that Nicola. Taylor, perhaps we can move up to you, you know, based on your individual experience. What would your thoughts be on on how to attract younger people into the industry?
0: My personal opinion, if I was to try to streamline it to maybe kind of one area, um, Hmm. I don't want to cover too much, especially don't want to touch on sustainability because we've got the expert (laughs) in in Elsie there, so I Hmm. I will leave her to talk about that. But from my perspective, culture is a huge driver that is a massive deciding factor for young people you know we spend more time with our work colleagues than we do our families and friends and we have to we have to be really careful about creating a space that people want to come to whether that be that you're doing hybrid working and some days you're in the office some days you're working from home it's feeling very supported dependent on what space you're in For me, I'm really lucky with Paragon and Kellogg's that they've got, um, you know, a brilliant culture that's really, really welcoming, provides lots of opportunities for people. And you know that, you know, there's there's no stupid questions. You can turn to anyone when you need help and really just generating that space where people feel comfortable. Because I think the moment people feel as though there's a, a space that they are kind of out of place in or haven't haven't got that backing from the people they're with then you'll either not grab people initially or you'll lose them very quickly so Mm. yeah i think companies need to be really sharp on what their values are you know what's their kind of mission statement as a company and then being really clear to people that are joining this is how you'll play a part in the bigger picture of where this company is going this is how we'll support you to do that and Hopefully, helping people feel as though you know they're part of something bigger, and they've got a great support network there for them as well.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think all really, really good points, and I can think from my experience of working at Parson, actually, that the journey we've gone on as a business to to really work hard on our culture and developing our culture, and and I've seen the business. I've I've been with Parson for nineteen years now. And the transformation I've seen in in our culture and our values and how that's empowered everyone and created this real fast and community that everyone's proud of to be part of and kind of what our mission is and stuff. It really does make a a big difference um, and makes you want to be somewhere, I think, because you feel like you're part of something. Um, okay, great answer. Victoria, what, what was your thoughts?
3: Um, yeah I mean I think it's really really important to get young people into the industry because mm. the, end of the day, they're going to be the future of the industry. Absolutely. A lot of knowledge in sort of the older members of staff that we that we have that if that's not passed down or it's diluted when it is passed down that you know these people are going to be the operators and managers of the future and um, so I think companies really need to have that in their mind and sort of take a chance on younger people and yeah. be willing to train younger people whether that's apprenticeships or internships at Page Brothers we've had really good success with apprentices we've had a few um, press minders that have done apprenticeships and they're doing fantastic yeah and um, we've also had a few interns that have come through their business and left like you know gone away haven't learned a lot and some of them have stayed and still work in the business yeah so I think just giving young people opportunities and sort of sharing that old school knowledge with them and um, sort of just to for the future of the industry to be in safe so
1: hands, really. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Victoria. I, I think the, the importance of bringing younger people in, into the industry as well, or into any business, it is yes, it, it's to they're be, going to be the future and pass on the knowledge and this stuff. But also to bring new ideas into the into the business yeah. as well. You can see new technologies that they can use, or you know, new approaches and to, to challenge and kind of go, walk by. Why are you doing it that way? Like, surely we, do, we could do it this way and stuff. And that comes back to having the culture, to, to have a, a culture where you feel safe to do that and to share your ideas. Yeah, um, but I think. I, I think it's a it's a really strong point to kind of ha- have that, yeah. why you want to bring young people in. Yeah. Um, and I think just something you you kind of touched on there as well is, is how you, you had internships and some people learnt a lot and moved on you know better better for the knowledge and experience again and some people stayed yeah. and I think perhaps as a business that's something that, that businesses have to come to terms with that you might be doing something for the greater good here it's not mm-hmm. just about your business yes we, we want to re- attract people and and retain them but also you know to accept that sometimes people might that might be a hopping you know stone for them to to the next uh, progression to accept that this is about developing and, and helping people into the wider industry. Yeah,
3: um, the industry as a whole, not just yeah. as your own company. Yeah. Uh, and for the time that the internships, you know, the interns are there, They've, you know, they've done great work and they've, you know, they helped massively as well. So the yeah. business are, are benefiting, but then so is the industry and you've yeah. given that person a chance.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great stuff. Elsie, what about you? What's your thoughts?
4: I think a lot of how I think about it is similar to sort of what what Tyler was saying. And it's about that culture and the values of a business and an organisation. So I know when I was looking for roles, I suppose it aligns with sustainability as well, but I was actively looking at sort of finding a sector and an organisation that was working in the right direction. And when I was working at Huddersfield, there was a survey that was done every year to the students um, across the UK it's through SOS UK and they used to slowly transition over the time I was there to ask more questions about people's expectations of sustainability and organisations and initially it used to just ask about if people look at a university's credentials before they join up um, or they apply and that was increasing year on year And in the most recent years, for 21, 22, they've incorporated a question that now asks people what they look at when they're looking for an employer. So after university, and that's new because traditionally, the SOS UK, they're looking at students. They they do care, but they're not looking at afterwards. And this year, 88% of respondents would take a £1,000 salary cut to work for a business that actively works towards improving social and environmental values and I found that so interesting Yeah, um, and I think that then jumped down to 53% would take up to a £3,000 pay cut to work for that company so it's sort of showing that salary is not necessarily the most competitive thing to look yeah. out for anymore is it? Um, I mean your salary and your benefits and I think it's important but not if you're not happy and confident in the business that you work for as we've all discussed already. So I think it's really important for the sector to highlight the good things that are being worked on. I think it's it's one thing just looking at sustainability, but with the social side as well, like the printing charity. It's, it's a great thing to promote that we're looking at bringing young people into the sector. And it might be that we work closer with universities, higher education, to also promote the charity in the sector through a completely different view as, yeah. It's really going to start making a stamp that print is a sector on its own. It's not embedded within something else it can often be overlooked. So yeah, I think other than what everyone else has said, to me it is just the values and it really highlights sort of through this process that I've been with the printing charity that as a sector I'm working now um where the values align with my own and that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I, I think that is really, really clear there and that what brilliant stats that you've brought to that as well, Elsie. You know, stats really help people to to understand that putting it into numbers, isn't it? Yeah, de- definitely. All three of you have kind of given this similar message that it's about being able to I- identify with that business and identify with that role and, and the values, which is is great. Yeah, I think
4: I can think. to that as well, Ross, you know, that while the values things are important, it's also highlighting the diversity of roles. Mm. I mean, if you look at Victoria, Tyler, and I, we're in completely different roles, but we all work yeah. in the same sector and all our values align there. That's a generation thing or whether it's a sector thing that I suppose that's to be understood at a later date, but yeah. we're in completely different roles. And from an onlook, you wouldn't be aware of what roles exist. Yeah. No, definitely
3: not. There's. I don't think people would necessarily realise how many different job roles you could go into in in print. You know, sort of from account management to graphic design to marketing to technology engineering, press operating, finance. Like, there's so many different job roles you could go into, and yeah. they're all under the sort of umbrella of the printing industry.
1: Yeah, so maybe that's something as uh, a message to take away, isn't it, as to. For businesses to promote in the diversity mm-hmm. of, of, of different roles that are available because i think you know maybe people think of print and think of a, a print engineer you know a print a, a yeah. press operator and maybe things like that um or or i have to be creative but you don't yeah. necessarily have to be creative
3: yeah like young people of today are probably being pushed into careers in technology mm. and maybe their first initial thought is isn't that print is technology but they'd, they'd be wrong there's so many technological advances in the printing industry and sort of digital printing that you know there's so many job roles open there that people will yeah. not even have considered before so maybe just companies shouting about what they do and what they can offer young people
2: that's something that um, I see within my role when I visit companies the ones who really want to support the next generation coming in They have open days for schools, colleges, even universities. And for the ones that actually have the benefit of digital print as well on the premises, they can have something creative ready there where they can put a photo or some words or anything. And then to actually send it to the press for the students to take home with them. And like Victoria says, that then shows all the different um, functions within a business from pre-press to actually on the press to finish in um, and the, you know what I find talking to the the industry is that everyone everyone's just so proud of our industry people love talking about their businesses they love talking about what, what equipment they have they love talking about the customers and everyone's just so passionate that i think it would be great if more and more print companies did this um open day with local schools colleges universities um and it just doesn't just have to be creative courses it could be um a, a wealth of different courses from the colleges as well
1: mm, yeah yeah definitely definitely cool uh, really fascinating stuff uh, and so moving on then to the the rising star award so you're all winners of that I'm curious to know a couple of things, really. How did you apply? You know, what made you want to apply, and what's the benefit that it's brought to you? You know, through winning that award. So maybe we could go back to to Taylor again for, for an answer on that one.
0: So, I heard about the Rising Star Award through my manager, who um, actually won the award the previous year. Mm. And um, she was shouting about how amazing the printing charity were and um, just how seamless the whole process was. And she really enjoyed it. That was in the height of lockdown as well. She didn't get the gorgeous award ceremony that we got this year. But, um, you know, she was really shouting about it and said, "You've, you've got to put yourself forward for this. So I found the process to be really simple and really, really supportive. You know, the questions that you're asked are quite poignant questions. You're asked to think about kind of your past, present and future in um, the print industry and what specific courses would help to catapult you into that next step, wherever it is you're going in your career. Um, And that helped to ground me in the specific courses I wanted to do so Mm
4: -hmm.
0: I applied and included in the two courses that I was keen to do the first one being a creative strategic thinking course I'm quite conscious of my kind of personality type and how my mind typically works I'll maybe go down a certain thought track as part of my subconscious just because of the way I I tick yeah. so I wanted to do a course that would help to take me out of that and start thinking in slightly different ways thinking more strategically in the hopes that that would help to kind of bolster the next stages of my career and then the other course was all around behavioural science and kind of how to influence behaviours and I thought that would massively come in handy when i'm doing kind of pitch work presenting new ideas taking in new briefs and making sure you know kind of asking the right questions at that time so um yeah they were the two courses that i requested and they were the two courses that were granted when um i won the award so yeah at present i've kind of joined the two courses one is happening in january next year and then the other one is an online course that you can kind of start anytime my plan is to start that start of september so yeah it's kind of it's all guns blazing it's it's all it's all happening um and all the while feeling really supported by the printing charity, um, if I've got any queries or questions, they're, you know, at the end of the phone or an email, so all in all, just really, really grateful to have um, kind of been chosen um, for the opportunity, and really lucky that I've been able to, you know, meet you guys, meet the rest of the team at the printing charity as well.
1: Fantastic, uh, that, that sounds really exciting, I like the sound of them courses, and I love what I heard there Taylor, that you that awareness of yourself, uh, the awareness of, of the type of person you are, the way you think about things, the way you approach things, and, and, and then wanting to kind of stretch yourself there and, and push yourself out of your, your comfort zone almost and say, well, how can, I, how can I work with that? Really, really inspiring. I can see why yeah. I won't.
2: They I'm sound right. like great courses. They really do. Yeah.
1: Victoria, I'm, I'm really keen to hear about your experience.
2: Oh, I mean, it's
3: been a fantastic experience from start to, to now, really. So I was encouraged to apply by my HR manager. Yeah. Um, I was already aware about the printing charity because we have the amazing helpline in, in our business already. So I already knew about, I didn't know about the awards, but I knew about the charity. Um, so, I mean, I was really, really, really keen to apply for a bit of context from transition from pre-press technician and designer to marketing, um I was furloughed for a year and in that time I did a um, professional marketing diploma with the IDM. Yes. And that really was the pivotal step in my career transition from being um sort of a creative and sort of pre-press workflow sort of person to now being able to work as a marketer. Yeah. So someone applying, they may have that same ambition that they they want to transform their career to something basically a new career within the same industry. Yeah. But not really knowing how to get there and mm. um, so that's totally something that anybody could do and have that sort of gain that knowledge to be able to move into a different sort of career path um and kind of just moving forwards um i was really keen to apply for the rising star award because i didn't want to stop learning i wanted to sort of broaden my knowledge um, and i knew i was about to start a new role as well so just kind of filling in those gaps where i was least confident so the Rise and Star Awards has given me a massive boost in confidence. And with the award, I'm going to be doing a digital copywriting course.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, uh, and what a great story. it's again, it's great to hear that you you kind of seen you've challenged yourself and you, you you want to grow and and you've then been able to use this as a platform to change your career, change your role, or, or you know step over in, into another area. Um, yeah. and, and that's 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 really encouraging to hear. Thank you, um, <laughs> Elsie. How about for yourself?
4: Well, I when I first came across the printing charity in the Rising Star awards it was through a load of communications while at work. So we sort of had posters plastered all over the business, and yeah, it was coming out in, in the weekly bulletin and things like that. And I kept seeing it and thinking, that sounds great. I'll look at it next year. Yeah. And I bank, I, met, I had a look at the application process and mentally banked it for sort of the following 2023 awards. Um, and then in one of my one-to-ones, my manager suggested that actually I just go for it because it's a great introduction to the sector and the industry that I'm working in and a really great work for networking. And that's the main reason that I applied. It was to allow me to sort of expose, to get in contact with people that work in the sector, but across a variety of roles that are external to Blue Tree. Yeah. Really, you know, understand the bigger picture, not just what we're working on, but what everyone else works on. So we've we've got the packaging and the POS. And that to me again was completely new for me. And so to have the opportunity to join the network where I can communicate with all these people and share experiences and knowledge, it was something I couldn't let pass. So I worked with a colleague in HR on my application, sort of kept working on it and throwing it at her and asking her what she thought. And I got to a point where actually we were both really happy and was like, well, we'll just submit it this year. Let's just let's just get it in there. Oh, right. um, yeah. And the whole experience, like I said, it was it was so easy and it was so accommodating for me. So the original interview date was actually when I was um, on holiday in Florida, in America. So I had a look and I thought, i can't get up at 4am to do this <laughs> um i did consider it believe it or not obviously um so i, I contacted the guys at the charity and they spoke to the judges and they actually changed my category so i could speak to additional judges on different days and I, it was just so nice because no one had to do that um, and yeah. it say, so oh, we're really sorry we've got plenty of applications this year we'll just see you again next year sort of thing but they were yeah. so accommodating and and I really appreciate that because, yeah, I've been in experiences in the past where it's sort of a you can't make it, the door's closed sort of thing.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. So um, but yeah, with the the award itself, I was looking at my personal development, again, with regards to sustainability. And for a while, I wanted to have a look at becoming a practitioner of environmental management. So I'm doing a course certificate of environmental management with AEMA. Which is the Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment, and it's something I've wanted to do with the well for a long time, and there's a huge network across the UK of both people who are certified as environmental managers and who are practitioners, which is what I'll be working on myself. Yeah and they're across a variety of sectors, and the experience of being able to join that network will be amazing because every sector every individual who works in sustainability we encounter the same problems we have to deal with the same legislation coming through the same compliance obligations and to me as in my role I work on my own and with sustainability being a new field you are generally in very small teams you need that wider network to be able to problem solve and to see what's going on in the wider sector so I was just really keen to become involved with that Um, and I'm very lucky in that blue tree apart from doing the rest of the course for me and they're giving me it's three weeks of working time off of work over three months to um to complete this so they're invested in me which is really nice um, and yeah. is as well because i'll be able to take away from this course to feedback to everybody i've already discussed with different people in the sector i'd be really interested in setting up a network on sustainability within print be great if we can get some people together and just have a chat it might be a lunchtime teams natter where we all just sort of have a little bit of a moan about what's tricky this month and then hopefully next mm. month we will come back and say well actually we've solved it and while everyone wants to be the first to do something there is very little competition with sustainability that when someone's done it they're happy to share it because we're all working to that same aim you know we're all yeah. looking at Reducing our carbon footprint and improving the lives and livelihoods of everyone that's involved with our sort of financial systems. So to be able to set that within print as well and create us as leaders would be amazing. And I'm really hoping that when I've sort of done this practitioner course and I've got that bit more knowledge behind me about delivering environmental and sustainability improvements from the business perspective, that I'll be well on my way to help set something like this up.
1: Yeah, no, it sounds fantastic. I think you think it's a great idea to try and create that almost like a peer group where you can support each other in progressing that. Again, a, a lovely story. Really exciting to hear what you what you're doing and and how you know looking at your own personal development, how you can challenge yourself, how you can uh, you know get get to where you want to be. So, um, it's fantastic to hear. Thank you.
2: Can I just um, comment something that was really important that Elsie talked about then? as relationship managers we can only do so much yeah we can only give the companies the message it's down to the companies then to take that message and to talk to people and to help people apply to the rising star awards
3: yeah
2: and yeah. uh, we had 54 winners this year and it's great because the judges also go to the ceremony as well and the judges are also proud um mm-hmm. to be you know helping in this process and what we try to do is we try to put people within sectors so as an example in the large format sector we will have ambassador judges from that sector who will um help with the process and if we feel that somebody isn't ready yet for a rising star award sometimes on the back of that they might get a mentor for a year from one of the judges as well so it's um yeah it's positive on both sides really you know the 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 experience that people have coming to the the yeah. judging, and um, then afterwards with the the actual ceremony itself, which is a chance to celebrate and congratulate.
1: Of course, yeah, and I mean, with Elsie's example there, it just goes to, to show that you know why why wait? Actually, go for it now because look how that's paid off for you. But then, what what you're saying there, Nicola, as well, is for some people if if they feel the application is a bit too early that you still might gain out of that by getting a mentor to help you develop ready for for the next year. It's fantastic. So when is the next Rising Awards ceremony? When is the application and how can you not be inspired by hearing these twin stories?
2: What, What we're doing now, so this platform is amazing. And thank you for the opportunity, because we will be using part of this podcast to start communicating on social media Um, So what we do suggest is that our website gives all the information about RSA right now. So that's not going to stop anybody thinking about um, applying next year. So for 2023, um, the dates haven't been confirmed, but it's generally around February and March time that we open the awards. We're very good with um, social media and anyone who's signed up to our newsletter, will be the first to hear about the dates as well. So anyone listening to this, I would encourage you to go to the Printing Charity website, sign up to our newsletter. You'll be the first to hear about the Rising Star dates and then start having conversations with your line managers or with your other colleagues. Generally, yeah, it's open for a couple of months and then the, the successful applicants Will then be communicated with to be given dates of interviews, and then the actual ceremony is always at the end of July in London.
1: Yeah. Awesome, awesome, sounds like it sounds like a good one. So, yeah, definitely worth a go for next year and keep keeping your eyes out for when that is. I mean, we're familiar at Barson with the Rising Star Awards because, um, one of our team members, Millie, Millie Hyam, who's part of the marketing communications team, actually Millie worked really hard on on this podcast and making the podcast happen. And so she she won the award. Um, So we were kind of aware of it. And one of the reasons why we wanted to, to do this podcast as well. But yeah, so I think Millie used her award for the IDM advanced certificate in digital copywriting as well and it's finding that really helpful so yeah definitely it's worth having a go and just seeing where it takes you okay so really interesting to hear that i think it's almost probably time to to start thinking about wrapping things up so i'd like to finish off with 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 one big question for you all how how do you see the future of the printing industry taylor perhaps we can start with you Get your crystal ball out.
0: Yeah, you You sure that you don't want to put anyone else before me this (laughs) time? (laughs) Well, where do I see the print industry in the future is a poignant question because we are, you know, the guys on the podcast today, we are the future of the print industry. I think we will hopefully start to see more women in higher management and start to feel that the diversity and the spread um of you know representation across the board in higher management and um, become just a part of the norm um, and yeah. maybe something that isn't fought for quite so much and then yeah with that i would i'd like to think that we're going to be super super diverse we already are but even even more so in terms of constantly opening up new roles that solve problems that we, we might not even know right now are our problems. You know, we've already got challenging, challenges being solved by um, Elsie's really specific role um, as opposed to my role, which is probably a little bit more traditional, um, the account management within the print industry. So, yeah, I'd like to think that we're going to be really, really agile in being able to solve new problems that we face, and um, yeah, really diverse
1: workforce as well. Yeah, cool, Victoria. What about yourself?
3: I really love what you just said there, um, Taylor. Because actually, wasn't it? Didn't the women dominate the awards this year, Nicola? They did indeed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The future of the printing industry. I mean, I've worked in the printing industry now twelve years, and. Sort of in those years, I've seen um, advances in technology um, where digital printing is concerned, um, sort of improved speed, improved quality and capabilities of digital printing. Um, Sort of software advances and more and more automation coming in sort of taking out those more routine tasks, making the workflows more efficient, reducing sort of running costs um, and software that can monitor the performance and the environmental impact of the machinery. Um, I won't go too much into environmental impact because I'm sure Elsie's going to cover that. But, sort of, how I'd like to see the industry going is things like chain of custody and FSCI, and so accreditations, kind of becoming a minimum requirement. We've seen a trend in the last few years that end users really, really care about those things. And, like Elsie's job role, sort of pro- cropped up in the middle of that to sort of handle all of that sort of, sort of transition into a, a greener industry. And, sort of, Sort of diluting the stigma that the um, print industry may have had in the past, um, and now kind of giving back more than we take away. And I'd really like to see that sort of grow and develop along with technology, sort of in the next ten years of the printing industry.
1: Right, say the both of you commented there on the the rise of women in the industry as well, and we actually I'm doing a shameless plug here, but um one of our uh, previous podcasts, a few episodes back, yeah, I think in June. And we, we talked about that very issue of, of, of tackling diversity issues within the print and packaging industries. And I was joined by some, some amazing women in the print industry. Um, so it was uh, Jo Stevenson, who's MD of PhD marketing, Caris Cop, who's head of content at Future Print, and uh, Amanda Newman, who's our very own head of marketing at Tharson as well. And we really got into the thick of that and talking about diversity and the importance of it. And um, Joel is is also one of the co-founders of, of a women in print and packaging uh, organization as well. So I definitely encourage you to take a listen to that, because there might be some some points that are, are helpful. Um anyway, that's that's me doing a shameless plug. So yeah, so thank you for that, uh, Elsie. What about what, what's your thoughts?
4: Well, of course, we're going to be net zero. We're going to be industry leaders, and we're going to have this utopian future that we're leading. Um, <laughs> going into more details to what that actually means and how we can achieve it going back to victoria was saying the technology behind everything is hugely important and a lot of what we're currently looking at blue tree and what my role is around it's achieving this net zero and to achieve net zero we need to reduce our carbon footprint quite significantly in line with the 1.5 degree of warming for the paris accord and we can't do that without utilizing technology, both technology that's sort of exclusive and leading in print. So, looking at how we can improve sort of plate efficiencies and everything associated with print itself, but yeah. how we can also utilize technology outside of print to either improve processes that are going on within our factories or to look at the facilities of our factories. So, it might be on site generation. We're currently looking at a big solar panel project um, on our Rotherham site and all of these things need to become business as usual yeah. because all factories all buildings that we are putting our staff in we're asking people to work in they need to be well equipped to both progress towards this sort of net zero future but also to be resilient against the shocks that are going to come in place because of the climate change that we're going to experience you know we've we've had these heat waves over the last month and every time there were classes unprecedented yet we had two within the space of three weeks and I don't know about you but I was loving going into the office to get a little bit of aircon because we don't have it at home you know and there's there's a lot of officers family members of mine they didn't have that luxury in their offices and we need to be right at the forefront at creating a workforce that understands sort of the luxury of having these facilities around them and it's become usual practice outside of print as well. In factories, it, it, we have to have conditioned environments or the, the paper's not going to do anything to do with the ink. The drying time is not going to work unless we've got it all controlled. And that's going to use more and more energy, you know, as we experience these really high extremes of the seasons. It's not all doom and gloom though. Like I said, I do envision a future where print is leaving on this. We are achieving this net zero. Um, and we're working towards it the i think the latest ipcc report didn't paint a great picture however when you look into depth they were saying that there's a shortfall at the minute between what we need to do and what's actually being done so a lot of nations governments businesses have sort of said we are going to do this we're going to achieve net zero by 2030 2040, 2050 but no one Well, they have not enough of sort of committing to how they're going to do that and the set dates. What this report looked at was if people actually put these commitments into policy, into legislation, we can still meet this sort of two degree of warming now that we're looking at rather than 1.5. And at Blue Tree, we're now doing that. We're going to be net zero by 2030. There's multiple other businesses that are also doing the same. So all of a sudden, while it feels like it might be a little bit late and a little bit rushed, we are working towards his future. And yeah. if you look back, FSC used to be again a luxury, didn't it? Yeah. You know, I sort of remember I looked out for it when I was purchasing things because I was conscious. Whereas now you don't look out for it because you expect it.
1: Yeah.
4: It's yeah. not something it's that a given, you
1: isn't
4: it? Yeah. It's positive no more. It's a minimum. And I expect sort of net zero yeah. and looking at reduced environmental degradation and where your raw materials are coming from that's also going to become a minimum it's coming through in public sector procurement there's a lot more in place to ensure that your environmental credentials are right and they're also transitioning to social credentials now so we're looking at tracking and mapping our supply chain so we can know for the majority of our products from it coming to you as a client as a customer where everything has come from right down to source that we can be really confident in knowing that we've got fair and equitable supply chains and that these sort of shocks to seasons and as a result of climate change that are going to happen because we're looking at two degree of warming now we can be really confident that all the people in our supply chains and those businesses are also resilient to those shocks and those changes and I think we're at a point now in the world that we know these changes are going to happen, but we're also working towards a really successful future where we're able to withstand those shocks and start moving in the direction that we're actually going to create a better future instead of just having to settle for what we get given. Yeah. There's so many advances coming through that, you know, you wouldn't believe that mean that we're going to be in a much better state than we ever thought we could be. Um, I think there's definitely some work to be done probably on my behalf here um, of sharing some real good news stories that are in the media because yeah. it can get a little bit doomy and gloomy if not. Yeah. So, yeah, a that's hair hair paper, yeah. a lovely utopian future, but with challenges.
1: I love that vision, Nelson. I love that. I love all of your visions. I think it's been just great to hear. So I, I think what we're all seeing a future of is diversity, adaption and change, change for the good. And yeah, it sounds like a very exciting future. So thank you all for, for taking part today. It has absolutely been so inspirational to hear all your stories. I've loved every minute of it. And I hope the people listening have, have took away from this as well and are encouraged to to get involved with the printing charity, get involved with the rising star awards and, and more importantly, apply, you know, or encourage encourage certainly members of your team to apply if you if you're above that age bracket. So, yeah, so thank you very much for joining us. I really look forward to uh, hearing how your journeys continue and seeing the successes that you all achieve. So um, thanks for those that have listened. Uh, If you've enjoyed it, then please do remember to to like and share. And Thanks, everybody.
2: Thank Thank you. Thank
0: you. You've been listening to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.